I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Aaron Ramsey, and you're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez! What a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score! Into the middle, Giroud! It's two! Hello, I'm Russell Hargreaves, and welcome to the first Arsenal Weekly Podcast of the year 2016. This week's show is an FA Cup special as Arsenal prepare to try and win the famous trophy for the third successive season. Adrian Clark will be here to talk us through this season's competition. We'll hear from Francis Coughlin and last season's Cup win and his FA Youth Cup success. And broadcaster Michael McMullen's here too to share his love for the Gunners. But let's kick off, as ever, with a weekend review. Arsenal look to take advantage of Leicester City's slight blip in form over the festive period when Newcastle United visited the Emirates on Saturday. After a goalless first half, Peter Cech once again proved why he's been the signing of the season so far with a key save three minutes into the second period. And Vinaldum calling for it. This is Vinaldum inside the penalty area. Must score. Great save, Peter Cech. Brilliant. Top class save from Pedacek because Jorginho Vinaldum, with the best chance of the match so far by a country mile, should have buried it. Should have buried it by far the best chance. And like you said, Dan, Pedacek's done marvellous there. He's come eight, nine yards out of his box before it's even when Aldum's got into the box. You know, he's read it so well. And he's made the difference between the scoreline today is Pedacek at the moment. Newcastle would go on to spurn another gilt-edged chance just a minute later and it came back to haunt them in the 72nd minute when Laurent Koscielny put the Gunners one up. In comes the corner towards Giroud and it should be cleared away by Newcastle. Giroud has another go and eventually it's forced in. Is it? Yes, it is! Arsenal have the advantage here and it's Laurent Koscielny that forces home from close range to give the Gunners the lead. It looked like Newcastle had cleared it. But Koscielny, how often does he come up with the goods in tight games? And he's done it before against Newcastle, of course. And this time around, he was in the right place at the right time, David, to put Arsenal in front. It was another in a long line of key goals that the French defender has scored for the club. And it was enough to secure all three points. Koscielny's central defensive partner, Per Mertesack, had talked about the importance of staying focused in that tough-fought win. When you dig in and uh, fight for... For your teammate, um, you get your reward, and that's uh, what we never lost our focus, uh, n- never lost our passion, and the fans as well. Uh, and uh, we keep believing that we can be a good team if we put uh, the effort in. 
That made it back-to-back -back clean sheets for the Gunners, and Arsene Wenger was quick to pay tribute to his record-breaking goalkeeper, Peter Cech. I think uh, if he goes on like that, uh, we'll add a few more clean sheets to, to his record. And uh, uh, today, I think, uh, it's shown for me that he's a real top, top class. Why? Because when you achieve a record, sometimes the game after, you know, you relax a little bit and not to release the concentration and uh, still turn up with uh, two quality saves in the first and in the second half was a huge for us today. With Leicester only managing a draw against Bournemouth, the Gunners are two points clear at the top of the Barclays Premier League table and three ahead of Manchester City. So that was our take on the weekend's action. But what did our Arsenal insider think? We'll find that out next. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Michael McMullen's dulcet tones are well known across the airwaves of the Emerald Isle as the presenter of Ireland's flagship Saturday afternoon football show Premier League Live for 14 years, a stint which ended at the end of last season. Now, Michael's a huge fan of the Gunners and I'm delighted to say joins us now. Michael, how's it going? Very good, thanks, Ross. How are you? Not too bad, my friend. Glad you had a good Christmas and uh, wish you all the best for 2016 and the chance to make your debut on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. It's uh, very good to have you on board. You've been an Arsenal fan for many, many years. How did you get into it all in the first place? Well, I started watching football, uh, would have been around 1984, and I was going to school in, in Ireland and everyone else seemed to be a supporter of either Manchester United or Liverpool. I think a main reason for that was the Irish connection that those clubs had. Uh, United at the time had players like um, Kevin Moran uh, was there, Frank Stapleton as well. Uh, Liverpool had the likes of Mark Lawrenson, Ronnie Whelan, uh, and of course, they were both two clubs with great success. So everybody seemed to be a supporter of either United or Liverpool. And then I remember we had this FA Cup wall chart at home, and it came with a number of stickers uh, of each club's crest, and you sort of filled in the clubs round by round. Now, inevitably, that meant that at the end of the season, with nearly every club, uh, you had a number of stickers left. They were just tiny little things. And I was thinking about, OK, what team will I follow? And I'd like to support a team that's you know, reasonably good, but isn't necessarily always going to win everything, that you're not just going to have that relentless success year after year. And, uh, and then I was just looking through the stickers, and one I came across was Arsenal, and I thought, yeah, OK, I'll go for them. And it's funny, like, that was actually how it started. And, you know, 32 years later, that's continued. But obviously, you know, it grows. Uh, you know, your interest you know, intensifies as the years go on. Uh, Michael Thomas in 1989, I was only an Arsenal fan for five years at that stage, but things like that obviously really cement it. And then, you know, the Wenger era, the wonderful football that the team played, and then the fact that in more recent times, over the last 15 years or so, spent a lot of time in London, been able to go to a lot of Arsenal matches and maybe occasionally catch a word with one of the players or even Arsene Wenger himself. Things like that have sort of made it grow, but it started in very humble ways uh, 32 years ago now. <laughs> and obviously, Arsenal now pretty big in Ireland, aren't they? I mean, there are four or five clubs that have a big following in the Republic of Ireland, but there are a lot of Ireland-based Arsenal supporters. I mean, Arsblog, that we obviously work with a lot here at the club, uh, for example, are based out of there themselves. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned there the, the Irish connections that United and Liverpool had. Well, you know, Arsenal obviously had quite a big Irish connection around that time as well. You think of the 79 FA Cup final and around that time, uh, players from both sides of the Irish border uh, were, were very prominent and uh, you know the Irish connection obviously has slipped a lot on the playing side over the years I mean kind of uh, into the 90s David O'Leary was still around you had Eddie McGoldrick for a while as well and then 
lesser-known players like Graham Barrett and Graham Stack. But the Irish connection, obviously, has, has slipped a lot on the playing side. Um, but uh, from an interest point of view, well, Arsenal have certainly remained one of the most popular clubs in Ireland. Um, I think United and Liverpool probably still ahead of everyone. I know Leeds got a lot of support in Ireland around 15 years ago when they were doing well, but Arsenal's still up there, and obviously the fact that you know things are going well on the pitch, it's a very exciting time now for uh, well for Arsenal fans everywhere, and obviously that includes in, as you described it, the Emerald Isle. So as we build toward 2016, Michael, it's a very exciting dawn, isn't it? We'll talk about the FA Cup specifically a bit later on the podcast, but that's, of course, getting underway. Arsenal heading in atop the Barclays Premier League table as well, and, of course, very much now back into the Champions League after their heroics of qualifying there in the end as well. So uh, an awful lot to look forward to, and as you say, a huge amount of excitement. Yeah, I mean, personally, I haven't been as excited about Arsenal for, I don't know, seven, eight years, something like that. And I'll tell you why I think this season you know, is particularly exciting. Obviously, great position in the Premier League, uh, you know, to, to be in that strong position, top of the table, heading into the FA Cup break. But I think one thing that really you know, is very, very strong in Arsenal's favour at the moment, if you compare the Arsenal squad and the first team to the other big clubs, I think that comparison is more favourable now than it has been, perhaps at any time, really, since the unbeaten season. I think the team has gradually got stronger and stronger. Obviously, Ozil now, a player who I think was better than people gave him credit for over the last couple of years, but everyone's given him credit now because they've seen how good he's been. Sanchez coming back into the side soon, hopefully, after you know a fairly lengthy injury, uh, but he's been fantastic for the team as well. We all, I think, had big expectations of Petr Cech when he arrived back in the summer. He's completely lived up to them and more. The defence seems more solid, which I think to some extent is possibly because of the experience and organisation that Czech has brought to it. Giroud's having a good season. I'm really liking finally seeing uh, Theo Walcott perhaps achieving a bit more of that consistency that he's perhaps been uh, lacking at some times. You know, and as he arrives now at 10 years at Arsenal, it's great to see him really living up to his potential. And I think there may even be yet more to come from him. So I think the comparison of the Arsenal squad to the other top squads is perhaps more favourable now than it has been for some time. And you know, you look back to chances we've had to, uh, to, to win back the title since the unbeaten season. I think 2008, people never give us credit for uh, how close we got that season. We only finished four points behind. 2011, we had a really good chance, but just completely fell away over those last couple of months of the season and drew so many matches. And, you know, even two years ago, uh, I think we were right in contention, uh, well up to the, towards the end of March, and then obviously the stumping by Chelsea. Uh, you know, kind of put pay to that. But we've been in there sort of in contention and on the fringes of contention this season, I think, is perhaps the best chance we've had uh, since that unbeaten season. So, Michael, I'm going to tap back into your love and knowledge of the club then for a couple of questions. Tell me your favourite current and favourite past player. Oh, that's very good. That's a very good question. Um, favourite current player? Uh, I, well... I'm a really big fan of Aaron Ramsey, you know. Uh, I didn't mention him there. You know, I think he's been doing, doing well, but uh, you know, I think other players have just perhaps grabbed the headlines a bit more. Just a really big fan of him. I just like his attitude, his approach, what he can bring to the team. Um, so I, I guess I'd, I'd say Aaron Ramsey would be the one I'd pick out at the moment. And You, know, you think back to two seasons ago um, that, that I mentioned there, and he was so, so good the first half of that 2013-14 to 14 season. And, you know, I was really enjoying watching the team at that time, and he was perhaps the key player. And you know, who knows what might have happened if he'd managed to stay fit. And in terms of past players, well, I mean, you know, 
got to give on, honourable mentions, obviously, to the likes of Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp. And Mark Overmars was a player who I feel, you know, perhaps if he'd been at Arsenal a bit longer, people would recognise a bit more of the contribution he made during the years he was there. I thought he was fantastic that first season at the club when we won the double. But I guess if I had to pick out one player who I think has really shone for me at Arsenal over the years, it would have to be Patrick Vieira. Because I remember 1996 when he arrived and the first time I saw him play, I thought, who is this guy? This is fantastic. He's just running the game here. You know, he's going to drag Arsenal forward here. Uh, because, you know, we had had a couple of years of a sense of underachievement, maybe. And just all through, you know, that fantastic time we had, you know, I mentioned the likes of Henri and Bergkamp there, and people talk about how great the defence were. But Vieira is one of those players who perhaps, you know, lost a bit of credit uh, among the general public because of the fact that he just was so good and was so consistent, and he'd be turning these, in these wonderful performances week in, week out. Um, but you almost came to expect it, so he perhaps wasn't noticed as much. So... So many to choose from, and I think if I had to pick you know, the player who, to me, has, has summed up Arsenal more than anyone else in, uh, in the time I've been following them, I think I, I would probably go for, uh, go for Vieira. And, you know, sorely missed. You know, I, I think things were never really the same after he left. I think that was when we really started to fall off the pace a bit. But, as I say, hopefully we're getting back to that level now. So, Aaron Ramsey and Patrick Vieira, a couple of central midfielders for Michael for his past and present. And obviously, we mentioned at the top of this interview that you spent 14 years presenting Premier League Live. You mentioned 1989 and Michael Thomas is a great memory. What about from those 14 years of reporting on and, and presenting Arsenal's sort of, you know, hopefully success is most of the time? What would you pick out as one of your favourite moments from that run? Yeah, I mean, so many of the great moments actually did involve Arsenal. Some good, some bad, uh, actually. But uh, as you say, it was a time of great success. <laughs> I think 2004, I mean, the, the day that um, you know, Arsenal beat Leicester to complete the unbeaten season, just you know, an absolutely incredible achievement. And you know, most of the other issues, I think, had been sort of resolved going into that final day. So there was so much focus on that. But you know what I'm actually going to pick out as a moment from my very first season? And it was towards the end of the campaign, and we were on that fantastic run that ultimately swept us, not just to the title, but the double. And round about Easter time, I think it may even have been Easter Saturday, there was a North London derby, it was at Highbury, and this was at the days when not so many matches were moved for television. So it was actually 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and you kind of felt, we need to win this game and just keep this momentum going. And with about, I think it was about six minutes to go, it was one all, and Arsenal got a penalty. And... For whatever reason, I think maybe a player was down injured or whatever, it took about four or five minutes, as I recall, for the penalty to actually be taken, which just ratcheted up the tension more and more and more. And we had the late Tony Gubba, who, uh, who made his name on the BBC. He was doing commentaries for us at that time. And Tony did a really good job of sort of not only keeping it interesting for those few minutes when there was no action going on, but really sort of building up the, uh, the, the drama and the importance of this penalty. And then Lauren steps up, takes the penalty, massive roar goes up over Highbury. I always think back on that as one of the key moments in Arsenal winning the title that season. And in terms of matches that we did live on the show, uh, that was always a big one. But, but as well, I mean, I have to mention, you know, that came with the show. I got to interview so many people over the years. And I remember sitting in the office one day, about 10 years ago, getting a phone call from Arsenal. Would you like to come over and do a lengthy one-on-one -on -one interview with Arsene Wenger for your programme? But you can imagine how long it took me, Ross, to answer that question. 0.0001 seconds. I think it was even quicker than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, things like that. I got to interview Saul Campbell as well. I got to very briefly meet Thierry Henry towards the end of that unbeaten season. 
you know, things like that, obviously, you know, you know really stand out as well. And, you know, it, it was great all those years doing the show. That How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Particularly the early years coincided so much uh, with such a great and successful time for the club. Michael, fantastic stuff. That's Michael McMullen joining us uh, to talk through his love of Arsenal all the times that fortunately he's coincided with his broadcasting career so far as well. Uh, great to have you making your debut on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, sir. Hope to talk again soon, Ross. And it's Adams, put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, lovely It's up for grabs now. On the 9th of January 2012, the Emirates Stadium witnessed one of its most iconic moments to date when Arsenal took on Leeds United in the FA Cup third round. In the 68th minute, Arsenal legend and record goalscorer Thierry Henry returned to make his second debut for the Gunners. So the scene was set, and with the game heading for a replay after a drab goalless 80 minutes, Henri collected a pass from Alex Song in the Leeds area, and this happened.
minutes. He might have lost some of his place. He's lost none of his finishing instinct. There's the hunt with the boss. And Arsenal twelve minutes away. The fourth round time with Villa. What a story here. Well, all made by Alex Song. A really good pass from Alex Song. Sierra and Reeves set the play up from the throw-in. He gets in behind the fullback, just goes to sleep, Thompson. It's a good run, and it's an even better finish. Seen that many, many times. Passing the ball into the far corner. But what a pass from Alex Song. That winning goal sent Arsenal into the draw for the fourth round, and many see it as the first real magic moment for the Gunners at their new home. Thierry's gone on to describe it as his favourite goal that he ever scored, and here he is describing that very moment. It's always going to be going, going to be sorry uh, one of the top, uh, if not one of the best, because um, it is the first time that I did wear the Arsenal Arsenal shirt. Sorry, shirt. Uh, being a fan, um, I became a fan when I left the club. Um, so now uh, I know exactly how it feels to score for the club for the club that you support. So um, great emotions. Um, uh, as I said early on in the dressing room with some of the guys, you know, uh, two weeks ago I was on holiday in Mexico uh, on the beach. Um, and uh, here I am scoring the, the winner against Leeds, but uh, I'm actually dreaming right now, so I hope, uh, I, hope I won't wake up tomorrow and, uh, and someone's going to tell me that uh, it was a dream. Of course, it wasn't the only winning goal that Thierry Henry scored in his second spell here. He also netted the injury-time winner at the Stadium of Light against Sunderland, that in his final game before returning to the New York Red Bulls when his loan deal expired. Thierry's now a regular pundit on Sky Sports football coverage, but more importantly, he's back in and around the club today, coaching the youth team. Fellow Frenchman Francis Coquelin named Thierry as his footballing hero. We'll hear from him on the Arsenal Weekly podcast next. Francis Coquelin's performance in last season's FA Cup final win over Aston Villa earned him rave reviews. He spoke to Arsenal media's Josh James about that day at Wembley and about being part of Arsenal's FA Youth Cup winning team of 2009. The FA Cup defence, obviously, everyone's going to look to beat Arsenal mm. this year. Do you often think back to the final last year when you were maybe just at home, relaxing, reflect on that final? Because it was what a day it was at, at Wembley for you. Yeah, well, no... To be honest, it was a great, great moment. But um, obviously, I think you need uh, you need a little bit of the magic of the FA Cup to come back before we really like have the memories mm. of it. And uh, yeah, definitely, when it starts in January, everyone will be like be looking at a picture with the trophies and that, uh, and think, well, we need to hold it for a third time. So, um, but uh, it was great to win the trophy. But I think uh, since the start of the season, really focused on the league, Champions yeah. League, and. Obviously, we were focusing on the League Cup, but we got knocked out. But uh, no, 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 I think it will, it will start in January when uh, the competition start again. Do you have any pictures of uh, of that cup final in your in your house or on your wallet or anything like that? Yeah, obviously not. I've got um, where I watch the game in my box. I've got obviously the the picture with all the the players and the, and the trophy. Mm. So uh, it's really nice, and uh, it was a good feeling to to lift that trophy that day. And it's for you, it was a great story because you won the FA Youth Cup with Jack as well. Did it feel like full circle, you know, like the end of a, a long journey to, to get from the Youth Cup to the, to the FA Cup? No, not really. I, I took it as a, really as a start. You know, it was my first trophy, major trophy with the club. So 
they were, I don't want to sleep on this trophy, you know, I'm more, I'm hungry, I want, I want more, obviously, and I think, like uh, everyone at the club, and uh, I think you can see that this season, uh, uh, the players, are, some players are really stepping up, and uh, they really, really want this, uh, this silverware. Mm. Um, and Sunderland will be a difficult game, but is it, in a way, at least we know about them, we know what we're going to face, does that make it an easier game, a tougher game, how will you approach it, how will Arsenal approach it? I think what is nice is that the first run uh, back in this uh, competition is our home. I think for the fans as well, it's good. And, uh, it's always going to be tough. You know, Sunderland, they came here a couple of weeks ago and uh, gave us a, a tough challenge. So we know it's going to be tough. And uh, as you said as well, uh, you want to be the winner of the competition. And uh, so it's us. So obviously, they were going to be really, really motivated. Mm. And uh, it can give the boost a boost to their season as well because they're struggling. So it's going to be a really tough game, but mm. I think everyone's going to be prepared for that. And it's the second half of the season, isn't it, the FA Cup? So for you personally, you've um, you haven't missed any FA Cup with your injury. So does that mean that you you can target playing in the FA Cup, playing a big role in the FA Cup this season? Well, I think um, I don't know if it's, it's been done before to hold the cup three times in a row, but uh, it will mean something big for the club as well. And uh, it's a trophy as well, so uh, we, we want anything. So uh, if we can get this one, we'll get it. After a huge year in 2015, Francis will be looking to build his medal collection in 2016. The team start the defence of the FA Cup on Saturday, and we'll chat to Adrian Clark about that very thing next. You can see Adrian Clark for the breakdown every Monday on Arsenal.com and he's with me now to preview the Gunners' defence of the FA Cup. Aid, how are you doing, my friend? Good to have you back in the flesh. How yeah. was your festive period? It was great, thank you. Nice and relaxed. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all the listeners. I've got a feeling it's going to be a good year for us. Could it be the year that Arsenal win the FA Cup for the third time in a row? Let's start there. Well, it could be the way that we're performing. There's no reason to suggest that it's not possible to win it for three Years in a row, it's a tall order, of course. You need a good draw. But Arsenal have taken this competition pretty seriously in recent seasons and it's given them the platform to grow as a side. Win trophies, yes, that's fantastic. But it's also helped the team bond together and helped them realise that as a group, they are capable of winning competitions, of getting over the lines. The FA Cup has been really important to Arsene Wenger and this group of players. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while since Arsenal have even lost in this tournament, of course, as well, hasn't it? A long, long time. (laughs) I had to check this up, believe it or not, because it's so long. 2013, February... Colin Kazim Richards, Blackburn Rovers at home here at Emirates Stadium. They defended for their lives. Arsenal were poor on the day. They rotated a lot of players, if remember, if, if memory serves me right. But, yeah, it's a long, long time since we were beaten. We don't want a repeat of that against Sunderland. Now, you mentioned rotation. How do you think Arsene Wenger will treat this tournament this time around, and particularly the third round with other big games to come straight after? I don't think he'll treat it a great deal differently than he has done in recent seasons. You've got to remember that en route to winning both FA Cups, he did rotate players, he did mix and match his teams. What he didn't do, that he did perhaps do in previous years, was blood too many kids at once. He was very sensible, I think, with his rotation. So he kept the core of his first choice 11, six or seven starters, and just brought in four or five players, fringe players that needed games, but they didn't tend to be teenagers, they tended to be first-team ready stars. And I think that would be the case 
again this season. So it's obviously Sunderland again who are the opponents this coming weekend, Adrian. Played pretty well, didn't they, in the league game not too long ago. Former Gunnar Vito Manoni back in favour, of course, between the sticks. What do we expect from them this time? It's difficult to say because Sam Allardyce is actually a manager that has a history of rotating heavily in the FA Cup. And, of course, he's in charge of a team that's in the midst of a relegation battle. And managers that are in charge of those type of clubs do tend to sacrifice the FA Cup. I think that's crazy, personally, because it's a competition that can build confidence. You can win matches in it. But I think facing Arsenal away in the third round, he might actually not write it off as such, mm. but, but be willing to sacrifice it. So I'm expecting him, actually, to rotate more heavily than Arsene Wenger. So I just don't know what kind of Sunderland team is going to turn up here at Emirates Stadium. I'm sure they'll be hungry. Whoever starts this match, it's a chance to knock out the holders and to cause a major upset. But it's a very difficult match to predict, I'd suggest. And as we know, sometimes momentum in a cup can help the league campaign as well, which is what Sunderland clearly need at the moment. So that's how they might approach it. What about Arsene Wenger in terms of actual personnel? Who do you think might sit it out and who might come in and deserves I, their chance? I think Petr Cech might sit this one out. I think David Ospina, David Ospina could do with a game. You've got the likes of Callum Chambers, Gabriel, Mathieu Debushi. I think it's a good opportunity for him to get a run out. Hector Bellerin, I think, has had an awful lot of football. Kieran Gibbs, I think, will come in. In midfield, there aren't that many options, are there, for the manager to rotate at the moment or in the attacking positions, if I'm being perfectly honest. We might see Theo Walcott used as a centre-forward. I'd like to see that, actually, because... Running at those Sunderland defenders. Yeah, they're not the most mobile, are they? Providing that the likes of Kabul and Quartes and O'Shea play, of course, he might um, switch things up, Sam Allardyce. But, yeah, Alex Iwobi might be the one youngster to really get a game. Jeff Renanlade could get a run out. He's been on the bench, an unused substitute a number of times in recent weeks. He'll be chomping at the bit. Alexis Sanchez, we're all hoping, of course, that he might be fit and ready to be part of this match in some way. But, but yeah, I expect at least five of the players that played last time out in the Premier League to start this game. And then, obviously, with the Liverpool and Stoke games to come, it's important then, isn't it, to have everybody available and firing and ready for those as well in the balance of all of this? Everybody was talking about the Christmas period being so important. And, of course, it is. Nine points from 12 games, decent return. Obviously, we'll shove the, the Southampton horror show aside. That never happened. Remember that? Yeah, no, it never happened, did it? But we've got a really important run of games here. Uh, Liverpool away, Stoke away. That's two of the most testing fixtures you'll get in the Premier League. And then Chelsea at home. If Arsenal can get seven points, even six, from those three games, I'd make them heavily favourites to win the Premier League this season. It is a, is a key moment in their campaign. Mm, yeah, and the Arsenal-Manchester City battle is going to be very exciting. And who knows if anyone else will stay in that midst as well, Aid. Just to finish then, a couple of things. I appreciate we don't really know quite who's going to line up, but give me a, a key battle area at least. Key battle area, I think Aaron Ramsey against Jan and Villa it will be a really interesting one. We didn't win the midfield battle against Newcastle United. It was a strange performance in that respect. Mavia He's a good player and he played excellently here at Emirates Stadium in the league. We can't let him dominate this game. So I think Aaron Ramsey's match-up with him will be pivotal. And we've tweaked the inner sentence question okay. for the new year. In a sentence, Adrian Clark, how do you lift the FA Cup? <laughs> you lift the FA Cup by playing your strongest team as often as you possibly can. When Arsene Wenger has done that, 
We've seen the results, haven't we, in the last couple of years. He's mixed and matched, of course, but if you play your best players throughout the competition as much as you can, you'll end up winning it. Adrian, great stuff. Cheers, pal. Top man. So that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Francis Cockland, to Michael McMullen and to Adrian Clark for stopping by today. You can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag AskTheWeekly. Remember, if you haven't already hit the subscribe button on iTunes, do so and you'll never miss another episode. We're back on Monday the 11th of January and until then, it's bye for now and come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening and remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on Arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.